Welcome to the ASA Technology and Telematics Forum podcast. This podcast will be the first in a series of podcasts about the changing fleet and the auto industry's transition towards electric vehicles. Today with us, we have Wayne Michael, the Senior Director of State Affairs for the Alliance for Automotive Innovation. Wayne has been with the Auto Innovator since its inception in 2020 and was previously with the Alliance for Automobile Manufacturers since 2012. Wayne serves as the primary liaison for the Auto Innovator's interaction with state officials across the Northeast and is an expert in auto industry policy. Also with us today is Bob Redding, the Automotive Service Association's Washington, D.C. representative. Bob advocates on both the federal and state level for independent repair shop owners and has been working for ASA for over 20 years. Bob and Wayne, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Maddie. It's good to be here. As you both know, Congress recently passed an infrastructure package. Tell us how this legislation is going to affect electric vehicles. Um, Bob, you want to go first? Sure. Well, for automotive repairs, it escalates the timeline for electric vehicles. One of the major issues that continues to come up at our meetings with shops is the lack of charging stations to support a large uh, U.S. electric vehicle fleet. The infrastructure bill included $7.5 billion for charging stations. The president had believes that the administration can still produce 500,000 new charging stations to support an EV fleet, which will certainly be a good start. And Wayne, do you have any additional thoughts? Yeah, we we agree. We think it's a great first step. Uh, it's, you know, the federal government, our Congress is recognizing that infrastructure has been contributing to consumer hesitancy on buying an EV. Uh, so this $7.5 billion is really going to go a long way. Um, if you think about it, uh, for an EV, you either charge at home, you charge at work, or you charge on the go. Uh, this bill will have about $1.25 billion dollars focused solely on that third segment of, of charging on the go. And it sets up uh, alternate fuel charging corridors uh, along highways. So when you're out and you're, you know, you're traveling between states, when you don't have six hours to charge a vehicle, uh, you can stop, get a quick charge, you know, very similar to how you would be getting gas. Maybe you have to go and uh, get something to eat, maybe walk the dog, but you know, it's, you're still talking about a fast charger and get people out on their way. And we, we know that that's one of the things that's keeping consumers back from purchasing an EV, is this what happens on that two or three time a year trip? How am I gonna get my car charged? How am I gonna be able to go from you know, Boston to Washington, DC? Um, we think that's a this, this bill is a great way to move this forward. And if I can add another thing, uh, the the bill also establishes an EV working group, which to us is important because we, we don't really have all the answers now. More to the point, we don't even have all the questions now. This working group is going to be great uh, a great venue to discuss the, especially in the repair community, um, what is needed to make sure that uh, the this issue is addressed and you know the issues that come up have a venue to actually work through and 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 talk about. Right, that's a great point. And then also, as we all know, there's another infrastructure package, the budget reconciliation bill, that's going to include even more provisions for electric vehicles. So if you guys would just speak a little bit more about the important pieces of this bill and its progress as it moves through the United States Congress. Well, Maddie, the uh 
the bill, the budget reconciliation package that you're talking about uh, has passed the House and uh, the Senate's now negotiating pieces of it, but it included a $7,500 tax credit for electric vehicle purchasers and an additional $4,500 credit if uh, the vehicle uh, is manufactured in union in a union shop or facility or facilities. Again, uh, like the charging station piece, it will move the timeline on electric vehicle uh, electric vehicles being uh, a higher percentage of the U.S. vehicle fleet, it'll move it forward and enhances that. But uh, important for our shops to make sure that any additional training needed for electric vehicle repair is in their business plan. And that's what we're encouraging at, uh, at ASA. And that's really the emphasis for this series of podcasts uh, with the telematics and technology uh, uh, forum. And as we move to subsequent podcasts, uh, we, we know shops uh, feel like they'll learn more about electric vehicles and the impact uh, over the next few years on the uh, repair community. Great. Um, Wayne, any thoughts on the budget reconciliation bill? Sure. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with Bob. There, there's still a long way to go to land this plane. Uh, you know, it, it's passed in the House in November. It's now in the Senate where they need all 50 votes. So you what does that bill look like if they're able to get those 50 votes together? And it has to go back to the House to address those changes that, that might be made in the Senate. So it's tough to speculate what will actually be in this bill. Uh, but as Bob said, there, there hopefully uh, will be uh, more consumer purchase incentives. Uh, there is still a price differential between an electric vehicle uh, and a regular internal combustion engine vehicle. Uh, those, those price differences are coming down, but they still exist. Uh, so, you know, tax incentives uh, are a great way to address that uh, for consumers. Uh, there's more, potentially more money in there uh, for charging and refueling infrastructure, uh, which is needed. Uh, and then also for our members, the automakers and suppliers, um, potentially there's money in there to help retool existing facilities uh, to uh, produce EVs, produce batteries, produce the 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 different products and parts that are necessary to put together an EV, uh, which, you know, that's logistically speaking, you know, that, that's an important thing for our members to, to get these vehicles to, to marketplace. Right, definitely. Great points. So now I guess we'll turn a little bit more towards your area of expertise, Wayne, which is the state government. So as we've talked about, the federal government is working on infrastructure right now, but the state and local governments are working on similar issues as well. So if you just want to tell us about what different states are doing, what local governments are doing to advance electric vehicles, that'd be great. Sure, happy to. Thank you. Um, it's an interesting time at the state and local government. I mean, Things have, states have taken a much more serious look at uh, zero emission vehicles and what it'll take to uh, shift the marketplace. And simultaneously, states are both doing a lot and doing nowhere near enough. And it's this, this dichotomy, this tension that we're really stuck in where some states and, and cities have, have taken steps uh, and they're great steps, but it's still not enough. I read a, a, uh, an article yesterday that was boasting about a 33% increase in EV sales uh, from the second quarter of this year compared to the second quarter of last year. That's great. That's 33%. But you're talking 33% of 2%. So that moved us up to what? 2.66%? I mean, that, that that's nowhere near the numbers we need to see to go from 
you know, two percent where we are nationally, and, and the numbers in California are much higher. Uh, but the rest of the country, you know, you're around two percent, maybe three percent at the end of this year, and you're talking about getting to twenty five percent in you know just a, just a few years, and then some states have set the goal of getting to a hundred percent zero emission vehicles sold by twenty thirty five. Uh, or 2045, and uh, you know, one state's even considering 2030. Uh, I mean, we would need to see these numbers be 200% increase every quarter, 300%. And I mean, that's what it's going to take. Um, so to get there, I mean, we need more purchase incentives, as I just talked about in the federal context. Um, we just need to get, uh, you know, people to consider to make that leap to zero emission vehicles, sales tax breaks. More infrastructure, I mean, at state parks, beaches, uh, state office buildings, parking garages. I mean, we should make it a goal from today forward that not another parking garage get built without EV infrastructure capable of, of charging, you know, not just four or six cars at a time, but what happens when you're talking 25, 50, and 100% of the marketplace are all EVs? That's a lot more people that might need to charge. Uh, building codes uh, to make sure that when there's new buildings or uh, renovations that the heavy-duty wiring is is laid in for home charging or, or office charging or multi-use residence charging. The cheapest time to do it is when you're doing a big renovation. The most expensive time to do it is when you've already finished those renovations and now you've purchased a home and now you want to add an EV. Um, and then state fleets. I mean, we've been pushing this for a number of years that if states are serious about EVs, they should be a rolling billboard for the technology and getting out there and showing that, you know, battery electric vehicles and fuel cell vehicles and plug-in hybrids are viable options for consumers. And, you know, having the state fleet out there every day showing people that, that, that it can work for them. Right. There's definitely... A ways to go. Bob, do you have yeah, any thoughts? I, on this? I do. Uh, we recently hosted a uh, electric vehicle program at the Collision Industry Conference in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, it was part of the Governmental Affairs uh, Committee. We had one state government, Ohio state government representative, and then one local nonprofit discuss their efforts in uh, promoting EVs in Ohio communities. Although it's been a lot of focus on the federal effort. Uh, in the EV space, these local and state governments are not standing still, as Wayne pointed out. Uh, one thing that's really important here, I think, is a recent uh, U.S. Uh, Department of Transportation uh, notice in the Federal Register. They asked for comments on how charging station programs should be administered. The comment deadline is the end of January. Important here is that much of this $7.5 billion, which we talked about earlier in the infrastructure package, will be distributed to state and local governments to structure charging station programs. So not from Washington uh, to uh, uh, communities and telling them exactly how to do the plans. These will be funding going to states and communities and allowing them to, to come up with ideas that are novel to the area to get more people to participate in the uh, EV programs. So as we all in the industry here, many people are saying that we are moving towards an all-electric future. And as Wayne said in his last 
answer, um, many state governments are are setting these goals um, as we move towards the future. So what kind of investments have auto manufacturers and others in the industry made towards this all-electric future that we're hearing about? Wayne? Sure, thanks. And yeah, you know, I, I get it that, that, you know, shop owners, consumers, you know, other members of the public, you know, aren't, aren't sure whether you know, EVs are going to happen and, you know, what's going on in this marketplace, because we've been talking about them for nearly 20 years now, you know, and we've had fits and starts, we've had some first generation vehicles that had limitations. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's been a process to get here. But you know, like a lot of technology, uh, there's a saying out there that says technology change will often take a lot longer than you anticipate. But once it happens, it actually happens a lot faster than you originally thought. And I think I think that's perfectly where we are with electric vehicles. While we've been talking about them for you know genuinely 20 years now, you're just now getting uh, products to the market that uh, will sort of address every uh, consumer segment. I mean, you've seen a big push now by a number of manufacturers into uh, electric pickup trucks. Um, you'll see elect more electric SUVs. You'll see uh, all-wheel drive. Um, right now, there are about 60 battery electric, plug-in hybrid, or fuel cell vehicles on the market. But before 2026, so you're talking five years from now, we're expected to have 130 different models available for consumer purchase. I mean, that, that's a huge, huge change. I mean, it's estimated that between 2018 and the end of 2023, that automakers will have spent $330 billion to bring this technology to the market. That's so much money that we can't fail. There's, there's no plan B, this is going forward. In that $330 billion, doesn't even account for the $17 billion that Nissan announced this week that they were putting into the technology. So, you know, there's a lot of investment on the, on the grand scale, but also it's, you know, it's more than that. Uh, automakers are trying to work with their dealer bodies to get sales staff trained to understand how to talk about these new technologies uh, to consumers. We're also starting to offer uh, more uh, mechanical training for EVs. I mean, we, we fully understand in our partnership with ASA, of the challenges that repairers face when looking at, you know, uh, outfitting their shop and what tooling do they need and how do they prepare for what might show up in their shop, you know, uh, this week, next month, next year. And we understand they have to make that, you know, on, on a rolling basis. So getting that information out there is important to us. Um, you know, we're actually in our fifth year uh, of an advertising campaign that's, that's targeted, digital, it's, it's online. Um, it's something called Drive Change, Drive Electric. Uh, this year, we're working with Electrify America, and, and the ad that we're that we're putting out there focuses on the functionality and the usability of EVs. Uh, it essentially follows the ad follows a, a single mother around with you know one or two kids, and showing how she uses the EV and you know how it meets her needs, and it just making it a you know we're past the point of the alpha consumer that the technological forward thinking uh, consumers buying this. Now we're talking about everyone. Everyone needs, you know, everyone needs to consider this for their next purchase. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, our members are trying to push this out in as many different fronts as we can uh, so that when consumers are thinking of that next purchase, they're seriously considering an electric vehicle. Right. Bob, what do you think? 
well, certainly uh, we've seen a significant shift and uh, emphasis on uh, electric vehicles in the private sector too. So uh, what we're trying to encourage our members to do is participate in more training programs, evaluate equipment in their shops. So as we wrap this up, I have one last question for you all. And that is, do you think that where we're moving right now with the legislation that we've talked about, the investment, um, we've kind of talked about this all throughout the podcast, but do we think that that is enough? And you guys have answered that in some of your previous questions, but you would just expand on that of where you think we need to go, where we're moving towards and what you would expect to see in the future. Maddie, I, uh, I think an important question from our perspective is with the lack of available charging stations, slow down the move to electric vehicles. Will it slow it down? Uh, a study from the California Energy Commission earlier this year showed that California will need nearly 1.2 million public and shared chargers by 2030 to meet their fueling standards of uh, approximately 7.5 million uh, electric vehicles, plug-in vehicles. That does not include the heavy-duty uh, vehicle, electric vehicle needs in California. The governor there, Wayne knows better than I, has really been pushing uh, EVs now for a long time. So we'll have to see. But uh, from our, from the repairs perspective, whether the onslaught of electric vehicles is uh, is by 2030, 2035, or later, we have to be prepared, and we really are. Uh, encouraging our folks to participate in uh, training sessions and conferences and uh, this really uh, TTF or Technology and Telematics Forum, which now I think is in its eighth year, I believe that's right, started very simply the most primal place in Detroit with uh, over 200 repairs in the room talking about what is telematics. So we've come a long way since that time with uh, these programs. And they're, they're designed to be big pic, a big-picture look uh, at where the automotive industry is headed and how we fit as repairs and the aftermarket uh, with what's going on with cars. And uh, uh, we're very pleased that the Alliance has uh, been a partner with us in these uh, eight programs from the very beginning. But uh, so we're excited about that. Yeah, you know, I, I think, as we've said, this is a good first step. You know, but the transition we're talking about is massive. I mean, we are talking about changing how every member of our society gets around during their daily lives. I mean, that's something that has been pretty consistent for about 100 years. And now in the course of about a decade, we're looking to uh, see dramatic change in that. And, that. and that will, you know, that will impact lots of different segments of society. Uh, but, you know, what we've been working with government to do is to knock down the barriers that have been keeping consumers from making that leap. You know, cost, refueling concerns, ease of use. You know, we need to show them that EVs can fit into their lifestyle today, and it's not a compromise. You know, for the last you know, 10 years, if you bought an EV, you, you, you may have had challenges that you had to uh, overlook to purchase an EV. The products that are, that are on the market now and moving forward, they're not a compromise anymore. You know, Consumers are buying them because they're the best fit for their lives. And we just need more consumers to realize that. And the key to that really is getting consumers to drive one. Driving an electric vehicle is fun. They're all torque. Uh, they're easy. They're zippy, especially if you're in a, a city or a suburban area where you're going from stoplight to stoplight. I mean, they, they're, they're perfect for that sort of uh, environment. You know, and, 
uh, you know, as Bob said, you know, our, our participation with the Technology and Telematics Forum was, was really targeted on this idea of how to how do we, as automakers, talk with our partners in the repair community so that we're both ready to uh, service our collective customers. And, you know, it's been a great program every year. Um, you know, I talk about these issues every single day, all the time, and I have not left a technology and telematics forum uh, session without learning something new that I then use in my daily life talking to other people about it. We really have, uh, I think, been really successful bringing in some interesting and competent and, and experts in these in these topics to talk with viewers. But, you know, it's you're limited to who you can get in the room. And I think that's what's exciting about this year's TTF is that by moving it online, moving it to a webinar, we're not limited to just who we can get to one place at one time. And, and that impacts both the presenter and the audience. You know, uh, Bob and I and, and, and others have worked very hard to get uh, our presenters to a certain city, into a certain room, and a certain time to be able to present uh, to the audience. But when we're able to be freed from those constraints and just be able to use a webinar and a webcam to get, get these experts where they are, we have a much broader audience and a much higher caliber uh, presenter that we're able to to, to bring to repairers. And more importantly, we can present it to repairers when it's convenient to them. You know, who has four hours in their day to block out to go to a TTF meeting? I enjoy it. I love it. And I know all the people have been able to go in the past have, but we're leaving out a big section of, of uh, the industry. I hope switching to uh, this uh, webinar this year that it shows that we're able to provide this information uh, to repairers where they are and at a convenient time to them, you know. Hopefully, uh, someone will watch this and enjoy it, and uh, will enjoy the other segments of this that we've got planned. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you both for joining us for the first Technology and Telematics Forum podcast. We are very excited to be doing these podcasts throughout the new year with stakeholders and experts from all sectors of our industry to discuss exciting new technology challenges and opportunities for the automotive industry, especially as it relates to electric vehicles. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you.